All right, you guys. Well, we are wrapping up that series today called If Money Talked. And so this is week three, the final week of the series. Next week, we're jumping back in. If you've been tracking along with us uh, throughout the year, we've been going through the Gospel of John. So we're back into the Gospel of John next week. Love to have you back for that. But today, as we wrap up the series, as I have done um, the previous two weeks, although last week was via video, some of you know I was a little bit under the weather, but um, I'm going to start the message off the same way as I have, okay, because I understand talking about money in any situation, people start to get a little tense, shall we say, all right? A little just uncomfortable, especially in church, right? Because there is that kind of old adage, there is that kind of stereotypical thing that churches just want your what? Either y'all are just trying to be polite or you've never heard that, and I don't think it's the latter. Churches just want your what? Y'all are no fun. There we go. Like, yeah, like that, that's silly. Like, we just want them, them darn churches. We just want your money. I promise that this is, has not been, and today will not be a series, um, a, a message today about trying to get your money. It's not about guilt. It's not about, like, we're not going to at the end of the message today be like, okay, we're going to take a special offering, okay? Like, that's not, it's not going to happen. Here's the reason why we're doing this series. I've been saying it every week is because who knows that money is a huge part of life. We all got to, like, eat and live indoors and have clothes on our back and pay our bills and do that, right? It's a part of life. It's a big pain point in life. It's a big tension point in relationships in terms of arguments and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, we're talking about money for that reason. And also, because believe it or not, Jesus talked about money a lot. Um, he spoke about money or possessions or wealth or just stuff um, a, a lot. So we're like, we're covering that. And, and here's the reality. I've been saying this each week too, is if you're here and you're like, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, or if you're watching online, um, for those of us that say, yep, I've signed up for the Jesus thing. I believe in him and I'm following him. What he says isn't optional for us. I know that's hard to hear, but it's like, it's like, okay, we follow him. And so for those of us that are like Christians, it's like, okay, this is what we do. If you're here or you're watching and you're like, I don't know where I'm at. I haven't bought into the whole Jesus thing yet. Here's the great news. You don't have to do any of this. You can just say, well, that's dumb. I'm not doing it. And that's, that's your right. That's your prerogative, right? Um, and I just got that song in some of your heads. Um, <laughs> but I, I would invite you to try it because we believe that when you follow the Jesus way in different areas of life, it actually makes life go better. Not always easier, but better. That there's something about the Jesus way that unleashes human flourishing. So today we're going to wrap up this series, this conversation about finances. Uh, and today we're going to talk about a way of handling and viewing our stuff that while, while it may seem counterintuitive and it will certainly be uncomfortable, it is the key to stressing less and thriving more in the area of finances. Like, this is the thing that will allow you to not stress so much. I'm like, I'm so worried. And actually allow you to thrive and to flourish uh, in this area. And so to start that conversation, I want to talk about the five things that you can do with your money. Did you know there's only five things you can do with your money? You know that? Some of you are thinking, Phil, we obviously haven't met. There's a lot more than five things I can do with my money. You're like, I've done more than five things with my money this morning. You're scrolling through Amazon right now, aren't you? Okay. Uh, there are certainly more than five things, but there are five categories. That everything we could ever do with anything we own falls into one of five categories. And they are, you can spend it. I don't think I need to explain that, right? We all know how to do that. We can repay debt on money that we already spent that we didn't have when we spent it. We can pay our taxes. Nobody likes that part, okay, but it's important, right? Pay your taxes, be a good citizen. We can save our money, plan for the future, or we can give it away. Everything you'll ever do with, with anything you own will fall into one of those categories. You can spend it, you can repay debt, you can pay your taxes, you can save it, or you can give it away. And the, the reality is, is that the way I've put them up here on the screen tends to be the way we prioritize them as well. Yes? Spend my money first, pay some debt because I spent money before, pay my taxes. Oh, 
I mean, other than like it comes right out of your paycheck, that's a bummer. But like if you actually owe taxes at the end of the year, you know, I, I was self-employed, still am for a really long time. People be all excited at tax time. Like, yeah, I'm getting a refund. And I'm like, yeah, good for you. I owe like that several thousand dollars. And then we have, had kids. And so we got tax write-offs. It was great. It wasn't the only reason we had kids. All right. <laughs> just a little, just an added bonus. Okay. But you know, so anyway, taxes, taxes are in there. So this is the order we do. We spend it, we repay, we pay taxes. We, if, we, if we have anything left, we're like, oh, I'll maybe, I should probably think about tomorrow a little bit. And then if there's anything left at the end of the day, I'll give a little bit away. I'll be charitable. I'll be, I'll be generous. I'll give to someone or something, some cause. Um, now here's the warning. Okay. Cause this is going to be the part of the message for the next couple of minutes that you're not gonna like, all right? This is gonna be the part where I step on toes a little bit, but just let me, let me tell you, okay, don't get mad at me, don't get mad at Jesus, okay? <laughs> don't get mad at Jesus either, but I'm just saying, like, this, this idea is not really original to me. Um, it's, it's, there's these biblical principles, and if you hang with us till the end, I, I promise it'll make a difference. So we could, we could think about the five things we do with money in a different way. Spend it, that's me. Repaying debt, that's for me. Paying taxes, that's also for me, and also kind of America. It's me and Merca. That's us. That's the collective. Saving it, well, that's me for the future. And then if I give some away, well, that's God and others. And so it's me, 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 Merca. Yeah. Me, 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 God and others. And the problem with this kind of system or the, the way this looks is, is that God and others come last. And I'm not going to try to be too hard on us for that because honestly, nobody really decides to do this. It's just, what's, it's just what we're inherited. Like, it's what, what's given to us. It's just like, this is just normal. This is what, what people um, do. Maybe it was what you saw modeled growing up. Um, it's certainly what kind of culture tells us to do. It's like, it's all about you, man. You go get it. You look out for number one. You live it up. You, you, you live the good life. And then if you got a little extra, you can give some away. And by the way, feel really good about yourself when you do it and post it on social media. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be too passive aggressive. I'm sorry. I'm in a mood this morning, and I don't know why. Um, but, you know, like, like, it's just, this is kind of what we've inherited. This is kind of what culture tells us to do. This is also, this is just really human nature. Like, human nature kind of tells us to go, I'm going to look out for, for number one. I'm going to look out for me. That's not just common in our current culture and world. That's just been true of humanity throughout history. Right? It's just been, it's about me and my tribe and my group, and I'm going to look out for me, and I don't really care what happens to you, um, or maybe I'll care a little bit, but definitely not as much as I care about what happens, happens to me. And so that, this, is, this is what, how we view things, you know, the, the me first, other second. This is how Jesus' culture viewed things as well. When Jesus stepped onto the planet 2,000 years ago, he came to push back against this. And it was, it was like, it was hard for them, just as hard for them as it is for us as well. He shows up and he pushes back against it. But not only does he push back against it, he also says it's an indication of something deeper going on in our lives. He says this in Matthew uh, chapter 6. Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's like, if you've got that kind of like me, 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 me thing going on, it's like, it's an indication of actually of something going on in your heart. It's not just, it's not really even about your stuff. And, and that's a statement that's not meant to shame us. That's not supposed to be like, whoa, where's your heart? Where's your treasure? Ah. It's just kind of a statement of fact. That regardless of, of what your life story, your experience is like, where you're at on a faith journey, this isn't like a religious thing. This is just a people thing. Um, that that what, what gets our money is the thing that usually gets our attention. It gets our affections. It gets our emotions. If you've ever like, purchased something expensive and nice, maybe it was new or new to you, you maybe had this experience, maybe you bought a new vehicle or a used vehicle, and it's like, it's my baby, 
okay? Like, in, in the first several months that you own it, you're like, I wash it every week. Don't you dare eat in my car and get your feet off my dash. And I'm parking at the far end of the parking lot. And it's like, because it has my affection, it has my attention, it has my emotion, because that's where my, that's where my treasure is. One of the things for me that manifests itself in what maybe triggers me with our children the most is our house. Because it's like, don't you know how much this costs? Don't you know how hard I worked on this? Don't you know how bad, like, dude, get your feet off of that. Don't color on that. You wrote on the walls. Like, it's just like, it's like, oh, no, 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 because I got some treasure in a house, right? And so there's just this principle that, like, what gets our money gets our affections and our attention. That's why the first week we said, like, Jesus tells these stories to kind of illustrate things. They're called parables. And about half the time, almost half the time he tells a story, it's about wealth or treasure or possessions or money. And yet, as much as he talks about it, he never asks for any. Like, Jesus, like, you, you got to love that. He never is like, okay, I'm going to take up a collection now. We're to pass the offering plate. Because he wasn't after our treasure. He was after something else. He was after that right there. He's like, I don't, I don't care about your treasure. I want your heart. But I know where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so maybe if Jesus were to waltz on in here, I mean, he's here. I get that, right? But like, if you were like, hey, I, I kind of want a heart check. And again, he's Jesus, so he knows our heart. So this, this illustration is falling apart. But if he's like, I want you to show me where your heart's at. Can you, can you give me something? Can you give me some documentation? You'd be like, I got it, Jesus. I got my, I'm going to get my Bible out. And I got, see all these verses I underlined? These are the ones that speak to me. I've got my doodles in the margins. And he's like, well, that's cool. That's great. But that, that, you, you got anything else, that's not going to do it. And he's like, oh, here you go, Jesus. I got this prayer journal where I, I journal how, how faithful you've been, how, how much. And he's like, that's great. That's awesome. You should do that. But that, that, that's not going to do it either. Um, could, could I have your banking login? Could I, see your, could I see your bank statement, your credit card statement? It's like, that, that'll tell me where your heart is. And you'd be like, well, do we need to do that? Okay, do we have to go that far, Jesus? Because there's just something about, it's like, you want to know what's important to me and like, well, what gets my treasure? What gets my treasure? What you spend your money on reveals what you care about most. And so when we look back at that, that list and the direction that our stuff goes in, what I care about most is me and me and me and me and then God and other people. <sighs> Who's really mad at me right now? That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but but here, here's the thing. When you kind of think about this, like, it's kind of messed up, right? I mean, if, you, if you're like a Christian or a follower of Jesus, it's, it's like, okay, like this definitely flies in the face of the Jesus way of life. But even if you're not, it's like, just in general, this isn't a great way to exist as like humanity and as society. Like things don't tend to go well when everybody's just like, me, 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 me. Yeah, I guess you can have a little bit, right? It just causes some, some issues. And so the really good news is that Jesus offers a solution to, to free us from this, to get some of the stress and the worry off of us and to also, um, to also just unleash flourishing for people around us as well. Jesus' solution to this is flip the script. Flip the script. Take that script, take that list, and flip it on its head. Later in Matthew 6, Jesus says this. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. He says, there, there's something that I want you to seek first. If you think about that list, there is the me, 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 there's the me kingdom, and then there's God and others, there's the kingdom of God. And right now, like the default position is most of us seek us and our kingdom first. He's like, here's the thing I want you to seek first. I want you to seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And he says, and all these other things, all that me stuff, like, like th th that's not bad. It's not an issue of not having that stuff. It's an issue of priority, reprioritize. I want you to reprioritize, reposition, reorder, rearrange, rethink, and put kingdom first. Now, I'm just a little, little aside, because like 
Kingdom can be kind of confusing. It's not like that's regular language that we use in our day-to-day lives. Unless you're someone that's into like fantasy type stuff and you're like, yeah. I'm just curious, who in here is up to date on Rings of Power, yeah? I'm so disappointed. Yes, thank you. I see that. You raise that hand up high, man. You raise it up high, right? Because this is like, yeah, it's like kingdoms and clashing, good and evil, right? It's like, so we don't really talk kingdom-wise all that all that often, um, but the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, the two terms are used interchangeably. Uh, it, it's this idea of when God's rule and reign show up. It, it's like if you, if you could take the, like, the goodness and the mercy and the justice and the love and the forgiveness and the freedom and the peace of God, and it could just permeate like culture and every aspect of every space, it's like that's the kingdom of God coming. I, I like to say like the rule and reign of God because it just kind of flows off of my tongue that way. Or you could call it the value system of God. And when Jesus showed up on the planet, like the value system of God touched down on earth. And he's like, it's about the kingdom. We talk about kingdom a lot around here because like that's what Jesus was primarily about. He showed up and said, hey, I want you to repent, which means change the way you think because the kingdom of God is near. It says that Jesus showed up proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and teaching and healing people and, and, and driving out impure spirits because those were signs that the kingdom was coming. And through his life and death and resurrection, Jesus has thrown open the doors of the kingdom and says, you want to come be a part of the kingdom, you are welcome in. And so it's this beautiful, beautiful thing. And, 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 but the, the thing about the kingdom is, is like we take the cues of what the kingdom is like from the king. And so it's an other's first kingdom. Jesus boiled it down that here's the most important thing is that you love God and that you love other people. And then he boiled it down even further than that on his, his last night with his closest followers before he'd be arrested and said, here's what I want you to do. This is the one thing you need to remember. I want you to love one another the way that I've loved you. And he was about to show them the most ultimate uh, act of self-sacrificial love you could possibly imagine by dying on a cross for sins. He says, that's what my kingdom looks like. He says, because I've not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So he says, that's the kind of life because the kingdom has come. I brought the kingdom. You're invited into it. If you step into the kingdom, kingdom living looks like seeking that kind of life first. A life that looks like God and others first. He says, turn the list upside down. When it comes to how you prioritize your stuff, do it this way. This is the kingdom way. God and others, and then me. Others first, me second. And there's the, 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 this particular verse, the, the seek your kingdom first, it's applicable to a lot of areas of life. Like you can take that principle and be like, I can apply that out across a lot of areas of my life. What does it look like to seek you know, God and others first? What does it look like to do that? Um, but the original context of the verse, which we're going to look at here in a second, is actually spoken within the context of money. A lot of times we'll take a verse and we'll be like, we'll pull a principle out of it and we can apply it to a lot of different areas. But that verse in particular, when Jesus says that, it's, it's at the tail end of a full conversation about Here's what the kingdom way of viewing your stuff looks like. God and others first and you second. And that part, like when we look at that, when we consider that, when we think others first, God first, me second, it freaks us out a little bit. And I know that because when we've had kind of money series in the past throughout the history of our church, some of you have directly voiced that with me. Um, I also know that because as we've been doing this series, I've seen the look of terror in some of your eyes. No, not really. But the, the reason I know it the most is because you're humans, Last time I checked, anyway, I'm a human, and this freaks me out a little bit. This makes me go, when we think about put other, like God and others first and me second, instantly what I start to do, what we start to do, is we start doing all the whatabouting. But if I do that, what about this? What about that? And how am I going to make ends meet? And what if, if I do this, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay the bills. And what, what if this happens? What about my future? And am I going to be able to live the kind of life I want to live? And am I going to be, yeah. 
and the worry and the stress and the anxiety start to rise up. And we go, this sounds nice in theory, and I'll do this in my heart. But meanwhile, in the real world, I got bills to pay. And, and, and I get that. Like, I feel that too. And it, it, I get worried about this as well. In fact, Christy and I were just having a conversation this past week, like three or four days ago. We we're talking about just kind of future and like money and like finances and a career and where we want to be and the things that we want to do. And, and like, it's like, this is where we want to get to. And it sounds great. We get all excited. But then when I start to think about this, I'm like, yeah, but can we get there with this model? Because I think about sometimes, honestly, and this is going to sound really bad, but I'm just human, okay? I, I think about like some of the things like, I want to get to this point, but because of, again, this isn't, this isn't as bad as it sounds, because of this church and because of what God is calling us to do in our lives, I don't know that we're going to get to do the things that we want to do. And so there's this thing that rises up that says, if like this, then what about my stuff over here? And so we start to like flip out, we start to worry, we start to run through all the worst case scenarios, but this is why Jesus is so brilliant. He's an incredible teacher. I mean, he is God in the flesh, so he knows exactly what's going on in the human heart when he says these things. He knows what's going on in his original audience and in ours right now when we think about putting God in others first. And he addresses it. So I want to look at that larger passage because what Jesus does, we've looked at two verses in Matthew 6. He makes a little kingdom sandwich, okay? There's like, there's two pieces of the kingdom bread and then there's this delicious fillings in the middle, right? He, he starts the passage kind of up in that area where, you know, where your treasure is or your heart is. He, he says like, hey, don't store up treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. It's like, about, it's about heavenly stuff. It's about the value system of God. And then he ends it with, okay, so seek first the kingdom of God. And he knows, he's like, I know that's going to worry all you guys. I know you're going to flip out about that. I know you're going to run through all the worst case scenarios. So let me try to put you at ease in the teaching in the middle. And so we're going to look at that. All this is found in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6 is part of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. Um, this would be like, these would be the things that Jesus would go village to village and teach over and over and over again. Sometimes when we think about how the gospels, the accounts of the life of Jesus are put together, we're thinking like he only did or said these things one time. And it, like someone's just like writing it down. But the way teachers and rabbis work is like they would teach several things over and over and over again. And so Jesus would go village to village, town to town, and teach similar things. And then when, when Matthew, who was an eyewitness to these things, when he's putting together his account of the life of Jesus, he's like, he's going to synthesize and say, this is like, this is what Jesus, and on a typical day, if you went out to hear this teacher Jesus talk, here's what you'd probably hear. And it's all this stuff about here's what the kingdom is like. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he hits, man, he hits forgiveness, and he hits worry, and he hits anger and hate and he hits lust and he talks about giving and he talks about uh, caring for the least. I mean, he like covers the gamut of ideas. And it's this idea of like, here's what, it the kingdom is coming, here's what it looks like and here's how you come in and be a kingdom person. A lot of times we'll call it like, around here we'll call it Jesus like kingdom manifesto. It's like, this is like the owner's manual to the kingdom. This is like the cliff notes version. You want to know what the kingdom is like? Uh, read the sermon on the mount. And so within that though, he gives a large conversation on, okay, here's the kingdom way of viewing our stuff what we do with money and finances. And he says this, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. In other words, you know, we, we try to hold on to all this stuff, but eventually it's all going to be gone. None of what we have is going to last. It's all going to get broken or stolen or we're going to leave it all behind. Don't, so don't, don't put like all of your weight and all your energy in storing up treasures on earth, but instead store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
It's like, listen, don't, don't worry about like, accumulating stuff. Life's not just about accumulating stuff. Do, do, what you do with your stuff should reflect like, this, this heavenly perspective, like kingdom of heaven kind of stuff. Because after all, I'm after your heart. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters since he'll either hate one and love the other or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Like there's, the, there's this tension that, that you'll face at some point in your life. Like, do I, do I follow God in this or do I follow my stuff in this? He's like, you can't do both. And we, we, we like roll through these questions and I'm thinking like, okay, well, where, where do I find my identity? Do I find it in what I have or do I find it in the God who created me? Where do I find my value? Is it, is it based on my bank account or is it based on the God who loved me enough to die for me and says I'm that valuable? Where do I find my sense of security and, and, and the, the plan that I have is my security in my 401k or is my security in God? Where do I find my sense of worth? All of these things, he's like, you're gonna have to pick somewhere. Is it your stuff or is it in the God who loves you? And then he says, therefore. Anytime you read a therefore, you should go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Therefore, like what? I need to go back and look at what he just said because what he's about to say is in direct response to what he just said. So he said, not treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. Be about the kingdom kind of stuff. You can't serve God and money. So kind of in light of all of that, don't worry. Because again, Jesus knows like in our hearts, we're like flipping out. But Jesus, if I do that, how am I going to make ends meet? And how am I going to, what about my stuff? And what about my security? And he's like, listen, guys, 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 I know you're freaking out right now, but don't worry about your life about what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? In other words, life's not just about stuff, right? Consider the birds of the sky. So he's going to give us a couple of illustrations to, to, to drive this home. The, the birds, they don't sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread, yet I tell you that not even Solomon. Solomon was Israel's richest king. I mean, rich beyond belief. I call him the bougie king of, of Israel, okay? Because it was just gold everything. It was fine threads. It was the best food. He had cherry. I mean, he had the best of the best in the ancient world. And he's like, but even Solomon, he's like, you go out and look at nature. Look at how beautiful nature is. Look at the flowers in the field. Even Solomon, with all that he have, had, he was not even adorned like one of these, these flowers of the field. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You have little faith. So don't worry, saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? Pause. If he stopped right there, this is a kind of a terrible teaching because he just said, don't worry. Has anybody ever given you that advice and you just want to like slap them in the face? Don't worry. And you're like, thanks. I didn't think of that. Why didn't I think of that sooner? I just needed to not worry. Huh? Because here's the thing. It, you ever realize the harder you try not to worry, the more you just end up worrying? Like that's, that's how worry works. That's how stress and anxiety and worry and you just like play over the same. Like you don't, you don't worry less by trying harder not to worry. You, you worry less by putting your trust in something else. See, worry is a byproduct of something like my trust being in something that's deficient. I put my trust in something and I don't know if I can trust it. I don't know if it'll hold up. I don't know if it'll last. So I'm like, I got to worry about that. And so the antidote to worry is not to say, I'm going to try harder, to say, actually, you need to trust in something else. And so he doesn't stop it. Hey, just don't worry. He says, instead of not worrying, but don't worry, but here's why. For the Gentiles, Jesus' uh, context, he's talking to primarily a Jewish crowd. And so the Gentiles are anyone who just, they're just not Jewish anyone who, who doesn't know like the, the God of Israel. And so the Gentiles in this particular context, this is first century Roman Empire. 
So these are mostly the, the Greco-Roman pantheon of gods that, that the people around them would worship. And what was true of, of the Gentiles, whether that was the Greco-Roman gods or the Norse gods, or it, it, it didn't matter. What's true of the gods is that the gods don't care about people. You, if you've ever read like any mythology and things, like the gods, they play with people, they toy with people. The gods view like people as their slaves. They get annoyed with people, and so they like wipe them out. They're just like, like the gods don't care about people. And so the people are constantly trying to be like, what are we going to do? How are we going to keep our gods happy? Let's do some rituals. Let's do some sacrifices. Let's make these offerings. We got to keep these gods happy so that they'll send the rain and we'll have food and we'll be able to survive. And so we can do these things. And, and that, that was the system that they worked in. It says like, these are the people around you. But again, he's talking to these Jewish people and he says, but you, the Gentiles seek after these things, the, the stuff you're worrying about, but, but you're different. So you have a heavenly father who knows that you need them. So you see, unlike the peoples around you that are like, we don't know what the gods are going to do, they're fickle, we don't know if they're going to take care of us, you guys have a God who knows you, who's personal, who hears you when you pray. And for those of us that are on the other side of Jesus that, 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 that are Christians, it's like, you guys, you, you know the heart of your God so much because you can look back at something that happened in history, that this God stepped onto the planet and died the most excruciating and humiliating death you can imagine because he wanted to know you and to forgive you and to love you. And he hears you and he cares about you that much. And so you don't need to worry, not because you just got to try hard not to worry. You don't need to worry because you can trust me. I've got you. Your heavenly father knows what you need. And so then after saying all of that, he comes back to, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Seek God first, seek his kingdom first in all areas of life, including finances, and then trust that Jesus has got you, that he's got you taken care of. He's like, and like the, all these things will be provided for you. He's talking about the things that that, 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 that culture that we're all worried about. You're worried about what are you going to eat, what are you going to wear? Like, trust. He's got your basic needs down. You've got to trust him. But seek his kingdom first. Seek his kingdom first. See, Jesus calls us, hey, I want you to flip the script. I want you to flip it. I want you to turn it upside down. I want you to seek the kingdom first. I want you to seek others first. Think about yourself second. And I said at the beginning, like, this is something that's uncomfortable and it's counterintuitive, but, but that is actually the antidote to being stressed out and worried and anxious about stuff and about money and about possessions. Because again, you don't worry less by trying harder. You don't worry less by putting you first. You don't worry less by holding tighter and tighter and tighter to what you have. Because that's what we end up doing with worry. We're like, well, what about, what about? And so I start to do this. I start to close up my hands. I want everybody to just like, close your hands for a second. Go ahead, go ahead, go on. Audience participation. And I want you to squeeze as hard as you can. Just, just, just squeeze. Y'all feel relaxed right now? Just feel like, mm, I'm just in a good place. No, like the more we try to hold on to stuff, it actually is just like, I feel like there's like, like a tension in my entire body, but there's something about when we let go. Doesn't that feel good after you've been squeezing for a while? You're just like, oh, that feels nice. Somewhere like, I can't move my, my fingers, I can't move them. Sorry about that, right? I'm sorry. But like there, there, there's something about that. I don't, I don't, by holding on tighter and tighter, it actually gets worse and worse. But when I open up my hands and I say, okay, you know what? God and others first, then I'm able to go, because I'm reprioritizing, and that's what takes my worry away. You stop worrying by trusting in something else. And when I reprioritize my financial world in that way, I'm saying, I don't, I don't trust in my own ability to take care of everything. I trust that God's got me. I trust that he can do this. Jesus calls us to flip 
the script. He calls us to live like this. If you're a Christian or a follower of Jesus, he says, here's what the kingdom way of finances looks like. It looks like give first, save second, and then live on the rest. Give first, save second, and live on the rest. To give first means to do what he said, seek first his righteousness, or in his kingdom, his righteousness. Seek the kingdom first. To invest in, in, in God's kingdom. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. Um, you can do that through giving to different organizations, to giving to a local church, to just finding people who are in need and be like, you know what, I want to bless you. I want to help you. I see you have a need, and I'm capable to help meet it. If, if you're someone who's here and you say, I'm part of Hope Community, this is my church, and I, I love what's going on here. Like, God has used this place to impact me and my family and my faith and my future and all these things. I would challenge you to give to your local church. And I don't say that because, again, we're just like, yay, we need this money. But it's just like, hey, God, God, we believe that God is doing something in and through this church in our community, and he invites us to be a part of it. And I want you to know as well, and this, isn't, this, this is not, don't hear this as a, ooh, look at me, that this is something that Christy and I do, and we give right off the top every single month to this church. We set it up to its, its auto-withdrawal literally on the first of the month. We don't even see it. It's just poop, into Hope Community. Thank you very much. And the reason I tell you that is, again, it's not to say, look at me, but I want you to know that, like, as your pastor, I will never ask you to do something that I'm not personally willing to do. And so we, we live this way. It's uncomfortable sometimes. We give first. If you're someone that's, you're skeptical of the church or our church, I get that. Hopefully we could earn your trust back at some point, but I, would, I challenge you, then find some, something or somewhere that you do believe in and give there. Because there's something powerful that happens when we begin to open up our hands and say, okay, God, whatever you want to put in there, put it in there. Whatever you want to take out to go to other people, let's do that as well. So we give first, we save second. Hey, planning for the future is good. It's wise. You read through scripture, read things like Proverbs, and it's like, yeah, the, the wise, the prudent person thinks about tomorrow, plans for the future. You should plan for the future. You know, I say Christy and I, we do that first one. We're awful at the second one, okay? Like saving for the future, I'm like, um, Christy has a 401k, I think, through work. But other than that, that's about it, right? And like, I'm, we have no planning. I know, I know, I don't need a lecture. I already know it's wrong, okay? I'm working on it, okay? We give first, save second, and then finally live, live on what's left. And that's the part that's hard. That's, what, that's what's hard. Because and maybe you're thinking, Phil, if I, if I do this, by the time I do one and two, there's nothing left for number three. How can I live on like negative amounts? And I'll say two things. Number one, again, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's like, well, do we, do we trust that what you need will be provided as Jesus talked about in that teaching? And that may look different. Maybe your job, it may be a gift that comes. It may be uh, extra work you gotta pick up. It might have uh, to do with like trimming some expenses. It may be having to lean on like the family of God and during tough times, he says, I will provide for you if you let me. I will provide for you. And then sometimes there's sacrifice that we gotta make. And that's the part we really don't like because we're very, very kind of comfortable as like Americans. We like our stuff, okay? We just do, we like our stuff. You were here last week, it was video again because I was sick and we kind of touched on those things a little bit. That's like, there's a difference between what I need to survive and the things that I want. I don't need like six streaming services to provide but, or to survive, but it's nice, right? I don't need to, it's not gonna kill me to have to listen to ads in my music, but you know, it's, it's annoying. I don't have to go out to eat. I don't have to. It's like, so there are, are, there are those things. There are those things, right? Give first, save second, live on the rest. And, and again, sacrifices, they gotta be made. It happens, it happens, but it's worth it. And I'll say, like, don't do this randomly. The, the key to this is to, to pre-decide. Say ahead of time, I'm gonna do this and I'm going to pick like a percentage. That way I'm not, you know, kind of adjusting. It's like, well, let me adjust here and there. And if you've never done this before, I'm not saying you start really high. Be like, hey, 1%. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give 1%, I'm going to save 1%, I'm going to live on 98. And then be like, you know what, we did that for a couple months. Let's, let's go up to five, let's go, to, go up to whatever. Because honestly, at the end of the day, 
it's not about amounts. It's not about amounts. It's not even really about money. Like Jesus said, it's about our hearts. It's about our hearts. It's about the posture. He's saying, I want your heart. And so you got you to open up your hands because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And in that way, this becomes what's called a keystone habit. A keystone habit is a habit that we develop in our lives that, that affects a whole bunch of things that aren't directly related to it. And, and so like when we begin doing this, obviously it makes an impact on our finances, but it ultimately begins to impact every area of life. When you begin to live with the give first, save second, live on the rest kind of posture, it ends up affecting our relationships. We end up becoming more gracious with our coworkers. Or some of us are like, I need that. I need that. <laughs> we end up becoming more loving at home. We, we, we do parenting better. We do marriage better. We do single life better. We do friendship better. We, like, we end up just getting better at the people around us. We're, we're less angry. We're less anxious. And all of these things start to change in our life because of something as simple as saying, I'm going to give first. And the reason why is because it leads us into a deeper and richer relationship with God. It leads us into a posture of trust because the area of money is like one of the one of the only, if not like the primary thing that when it comes to our relationship with God is actually tangible. Most of the things are like, well, yeah, I, tr- I trust God with, with whatever it is. I trust God with my family. I trust God with my, my, my health. I trust God with my relationship. Like, like those are kind of things that we don't really have much control over anyway. And it's like, but when it comes to our money, it's like, I can actually see that going away. There's like, there's something, there's like some, something real to it. There's a tangible nature that, that makes me realize, okay, this, this actually costs me something. Like, there, there's a cost involved, and, and ultimately things begin to follow that because you begin to live from this posture of not just like, well, Jesus is okay, and I believe in him, but he's, he's Lord, and I'm following him, and, I, and I'm putting my treasure in the things of God because he has my heart, and then all these other things follow in life. Where your treasure is, there your heart would be. Jesus says, I don't care about your treasure. I don't need your treasure, but I want your heart because I love you because I've died for you. I desperately want you to know me and be in relationship with me. And so again, if those of us that are followers of Jesus, this is the posture he calls us to live from. Those that maybe have questions or are wondering or still figuring out where you're at, this is what he invites you to. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much. Um, and we thank you that you are a God who loves us. God, that we don't have to guess about that. That's not something we wonder about or we speculate about, but it was proven And it was proven 2,000 years ago when you sent your son Jesus to to walk this earth, to die on the cross, to raise from the dead, to show us there's there's no length that you're not willing to go to to display and to show your love for us, to be in relationship with us, that that you've thrown open the doors to the kingdom. God, I pray that we would be people that just say yes, that we want to step through those doors, that we want to be part of your kingdom, that we're putting our trust in you, we're putting our faith in you, we're we're following after you. Lord, I pray for those that are that are asking that question is like, is there a God that loves me? I pray they would hear overwhelmingly yes. But I pray for those that, that, that are following you, that, man, we have a hard time in this area, as I think we all do from, from time to time. Gotta pray that through the power of your spirit, you would encourage us, you would embolden us to be people that are you and others first kind of people, that we think about you and your kingdom, that we think about loving others. Gotta pray as this is, as this is difficult, as things, man, we relate to the finances, it's hard. We're in a season right now as things are hard uh, and it's, it's worrisome and it's uncertain. All these questions of what's the economy going to do and what's my job going to do and am I going to be able to make ends meet? Lord, I pray that you just flood us with the reality that you are a God who can be trusted, that you see us and you know what we need. You won't leave us, you won't forsake us. We thank you for that. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name.